You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Watling and Owen Show here on a Monday, Halloween, October 31st. And the New York Jets were seeing ghosts yesterday. Matt, let me tell you, Zach Wilson, three interceptions. Uh, kind of was getting cooked online, too, which was never a good look when everyone's kind of, you know, if you're. You know, even if you're a Raiders fan, I feel like the Raiders loss even kind of swept under the rug like certain teams. But it felt like Zach Wilson was a trending topic on Twitter yesterday. And, you know, I was going to start the show by, you know, coming at you or, or laughing at you. But I'm not going to because I did feel bad because you were you were really going through it yesterday. But but what did I say? Like, he stinks. Like, he's not a good quarterback. I'm, I, well, like, what did you say last week when we were talking about the Jets and you said something like you'd rather see him make mistakes than not? Like, what did yeah. you say? I didn't want to come at you over text because I generally forgot what your point was. But was your point yeah, you'd rather see him make mistakes? I did say I'd rather see him air it out if it meant making a couple mistakes. Well, there you had it. In the worst possible game to do it, you're playing the Patriots, whose literal mantra is, we're going to wait, wait it out until you beat yourselves. And the Jets beat themselves into a pulp. Between bad penalties, between bad quarterback play, between having Elijah Moore run 10 routes, like, that's bad. That is bad coaching. That is bad quarterback play. That is bad from John Franklin Meyer, who I don't want to say he cost the team the game because they had chances to win it in the second half. But you score the pick six there from Michael Carter the second, and you win that game because you go up 17-3 to at half, not 10-6. to And there were so many things that went wrong, and it was so predictable by this team. Because, again, the Jets – this is why I said last week, Luke, that the Jets were going to lose. Not because the Patriots are better or more talented, because they're not. They're not a very talented team. They are a very average team that can just do enough to beat teams that don't know how to play football. And the Jets, at this point, could not play football. They have all the talent in the world. They've got very good weapons. They've got wow. great receivers. But they don't have quarterback play. And frankly, I don't think they have the X's and O's offensively to make things work. Because there is no need to not to have Zach Wilson airing it out 40 times when the game was close run the ball and I know they didn't run it extremely well but throw some screen passes throw some short hitches to get Zach Wilson comfortable to the point where he can set his feet and actually throw the ball because there were times where he was missing simple dump offs because he couldn't get his feet straight like you've got to do a better job as a quarterback making sure you get the ball to your dump off options because those are five easy yards that you can pick up in a pinch instead of trying to throw it out of bounds, which he was not very happy with doing, instead of running around like a maniac behind the line of scrimmage and not getting anything going, just set your feet and throw it and take the hit if you have to. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of those throws, I, I think it was like the second play of the game, he tried to dump it off to Michael Carter, and he just like threw it out of bounds. It was like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And it's like, those are the plays that can win and lose you games, right? It's It's gaining those five yards to set up a second and five or a third and five, rather than, you know, being in a third and long. And it felt like during this game, like it, it was going to be whichever team messed up more, whatever, whichever team made more mistakes was going to be the team that lost. Cause either two teams that have, I don't really know if the Patriots defense is good to be honest, but I mean, it's well coached. I guess you could say that the Jets have a good defense. So it, it was going to be an ugly game no matter what. I think I said like 14 to 10 or 17, 14 or something like that. So there weren't going to be a lot of points scored. So it was kind of about protecting the ball and, you know, obviously, Zach Wilson didn't do that. And it, I'm, I'm going to defend myself here. I, no, I there's still, no defense. Like, I still kind of 
No, no, no. no. I no. what I'm don't defend. But Zach Wilson didn't. No, because Zach Wilson wasn't airing it out and throwing picks. He was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, and he threw a pick. Like, I don't buy that. Out of bounds. I don't buy that. He there was what no you shot not that he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds on every single interception. Who was he throwing to? There was no one even near him. There was no one close. How did he not play? get it out of bounds? Sail it. In, you can throw it sixty yards. You can sail it over Michael Carter. Michael Carter's head on the second play of the game. You can't throw it out of bounds. If you can't throw the ball out of bounds, that's literally the equivalent of not being able to hit a broadside of a barn. The sideline's endless. Hit a dude in the face for all I care. Yeah, I know. And look, I think there's layers to to the Jets' inefficiencies yesterday. It obviously starts with Zach Wilson, but I'm not going to sit here and act like. Their def- I mean, their defense was good, but also bad at times. Like there were times where the Patriots were, you know, had guys open in open space, and there was time what times where, I mean, John Franklin Myers. Like I-, I see Jets fans complaining about that being a penalty, and you know, Sala was talking about it, and Wilson was talking about it. Like, and I, I don't get it. Like I don't understand. Like he threw the ball, and then you had to hit him. Like two seconds. I don't know. It-, it made no sense to me why Jets fans were mad about that call, and then they were like. Oh, technically it was a block because the ball was intercepted. And it's like, no, there's no way that John Franklin Myers in that moment was like, oh, interception, I got to block Mac Jones. No, that was a late hit on the quarterback. It was a dumb play. It was one that wasn't necessary. And like you said, I think if the Jets take that for a pick six, I think the game's probably over because New England isn't a team that's going to be able to come, come back in a game. Like you saw, I mean, Mac Jones wasn't special. They didn't even run the ball particularly well. It's just the Jets couldn't get over the, themselves. They couldn't get over their own injury or their own. Uh, issues. Even beyond that one play, I, I think the defense played well because you. It did, but but, but you limited them to twenty two points. Said, there was a lot of right. dink and dunk plays, but and I'll try to pull up the the game log here. The Patriots, st- on average, started from their own forty yard line. Yeah, that that was a problem. So they the the, the Patriots legitimately field goal the Jets to, to death. Their longest drive of the game was seventy yards. I see, and that was a non-scoring play. It was a turnover on downs. They're only t- they had what one touchdown, I think it was. They had one touchdown. Yeah, and, they, and that was and a three yeah. That was a 62-yard yeah. drive. They started at the 40 something or the 38. That can't happen. And by the way, that happened on on a squib kick that they tried to do. They tried to squib it instead of just kicking it out of bounds. Like what are we doing here? Like it's simple football. Make them drive the length of the field because the Patriots can't do that. And the minute that happened, you kind of knew that the game was over. The minute the Patriots went up 13-10, you kind of knew it was over because Zach Wilson was very bad. And I don't think Michael Fleur had a great game either. But it's not that hard to throw the ball away. Because this team is built on complementary football. And all the Jets have to do offensively is not throw interceptions and not fumble the ball. Just punt it decently far and you'll be okay. And the Jets could not do that last night. When they could do it the, the four weeks prior, it is insane to me. This isn't the game where you air it out and you play like a maniac. N- next week you can do that because you need every point you can get. And frankly, against the Bills, you could throw seven interceptions or zero and you're probably still losing the game. So why you thought you need to play hero ball against the New England Patriots who are not a good football team, who do not have a good offense, who just got embarrassed on national television by the Chicago Bears who stink, whose second-best wide receiver 9 out of 10 football fans could not name, that's the team that you lost to badly is embarrassing. This is a team that should be a playoff team 
feasibly, but their quarterback position is holding them back immensely. And can Zach Wilson get better? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, the guy just wants to play hero ball all day and can't hit easy passes. He's never been able to do it his entire NFL career, and he can turn himself into a good quarterback. But right now, this Jets team around him, we've seen it through the first seven, eight weeks of the season, is too good to have a bottom five quarterback. It's too good. You could honestly, and I never thought I'd say this, I don't think Joe Flacco needs to be in the game anymore because I don't think he's that special. Mike White probably wins you that game last week. Wow. And if you're a team that needs to, that wants to win because you've got the talented players around the quarterback, if this keeps happening and, and Zach Wilson keeps <sighs> playing bad, I know this is crazy, but by week 10, week 12, week 13, if he's still doing this, then I yank him and he's not my quarterback. And I probably look for another one next season because this team, this roster is too talented to have a quarterback throw three interceptions and have a completion percentage below 50%. It should not be that hard. This offense, and I'm sorry I'm rambling, Luke, is built on completions. Look at what the West Coast offense does in San Francisco. It's Jimmy G throwing the ball and making the right plays. It's not playing hero ball. And Jimmy G leads you to a Super Bowl. Could you imagine if they had Zach Wilson's talent, alleged talent that I haven't seen in his first year and a half in the NFL? Could you imagine if he could even somehow harness that into being an actually decent quarterback? then this team wouldn't lose any games, but he can't do it. He's not the right guy for this team. Like, it's just insane to me that this is the guy that keeps throwing interceptions left and right. It's not that hard to just play the smart, safe game. Well, let me ask you this, Matt. What did we underestimate? Did we underestimate Zach Wilson's ability to turn into a good quarterback, or did we underestimate the talent the Jets roster has? Because going into the year, when Joe Flacco was hurt, you said this season doesn't matter. All that matters is Zach Wilson. And now you're saying – well, the team's good. Let's go get a quarterback so we can compete. Like, what, well, what nobody do you think, expected what this happened? defense to be that good. Like, this is a top three defense in the NFL. Sauce Gardner looks like a top five cornerback in the NFL. He looks fantastic. He looks really good. DJ Reed, for the most part, has played pretty well. The D-line, for the most part, does a decent job. And maybe it struggles in the run defense. But also, if this Jets offense didn't go three and out nine times a game, maybe the and, defense and could actually man. do something. A wise man once told me no one has a good run defense. That's true. So. That's true. No, like, look at this, except for the CLC Hawks, apparently. But look at this team yeah. for a second. They get torched in the second half defensively. They get ran all over because they're probably tired. I don't care how many D linemen you have running in and out of this out of the, the line, and you have, like, an eight-man rotation. When, you're, when your offense can't possess the football and can't put points on the board and you're starting so far out, it's a recipe for, for doom, honestly, for a defense. So the defense is a lot better than we anticipated. The weapons have shown out. Brees Hall was not expected to be what he is. Obviously, he's hurt for the rest of the year. The, the offensive line's been okay. The wide receiver weapons have been a lot better than you kind of expected. You know, you don't know what you're getting out of a rookie wide receiver, even if you draft in the first round. But also, Zach Wilson has not had a good game all, all year long. All season long, he's been bad. This year, you know, the first four weeks... He, could, he just didn't do anything, but he didn't make mistakes. This week, he did some things, but he was just so bad with the interceptions that it made no difference. And I, I honestly think, and I, I said it before the season or within the first couple weeks of the season, I would rather Justin Fields on this team. Justin Fields wins you that game. He can actually run. He can move the ball. Zach Wilson loves to scramble, but he's not tucking the ball and running, and I just don't understand it. If you wanted this athletic quarterback, why did you draft one that can't scramble? 
Yeah, and I think also when when you you know we talked about the comparison between you know Josh Allen like progressively getting better in year two and then really taking off in year three. I think the biggest difference between Wilson and Allen, and obviously now you can tell there's a lot, but just looking at them physically, like Zach Wilson has to overcome. Like he's not a big guy, you know, he's like six two, and like you said, he, he doesn't. You, like for a mobile quarterback, he doesn't use his legs that much except to like run out of the pocket. It kind of reminds me of of Russell Wilson in Seattle where it's similar because the Jets offensive line, especially now, isn't all that great, especially on the right side. So, yeah, he is kind of running for his life at some points. Like, But Russell Wilson, would, like his go-to move is get outside the pocket. And it felt like that was because he couldn't see. And I know Zach Wilson's three inches taller than Russell Wilson, but I think the comparison is there where it's like his first instinct is – not to step up in the pocket, but get outside the pocket. But when he gets outside, he's not Josh Allen. He's not going to lower his shoulder and run for 10 yards. He's going to try to make a throw, but he doesn't seem to want to make the easy throws. So it's like he's making the game harder for himself. And I think it's harder for him physically to become, you know, Allen always had the tool. Like everyone knew he had the, the physical tools. It was about coming all together. Zach Wilson doesn't really have the physical tools. He's kind of an average, you know, average height, average weight has some speed, but you don't really want to see him scrambling because he's not a big guy to, to absorb those hits. And, you know, neither is Justin Fields, but Chicago seems to be able to design runs that that make sure he doesn't get hurt. So I just feel like physically, Zach Wilson kind of has the cards against him, and it's not he doesn't help himself. And, and Bart Scott made a really interesting point uh, earlier today, and he said when Zach Wilson scrambles outside of the pocket when he doesn't need to, he's running away from the blocks. So when you have right. your, when you have your offensive you know pass protection set up, and it was it wasn't great, but it was it was good. I'll say it was good enough, right? It wasn't like he was running around. He he only got sacked once. Again, I mean, yeah, Mac Jones got sacked six times, you right. know, and he's still able to stay in the pocket and make plays and and keep the ball relatively safe. For Zach Wilson, when you have that pass protection and you run away from it because you're scrambling. It leaves the the defensive lineman. It's easier to get you. Yeah, you're running around and you're faster than them, and you can make them miss. But when you stay in the pocket, the offensive line knows where you are and they know how to protect you. Now it's just you're basically a free for all, and that's really hard to to be a part of if you're an offensive line. Yeah, it is, and I think it, it feels like as he forced throws as the game went on, he just kept forcing. It wasn't. He wasn't going to learn in that game to not force it. Like, once he did it once, it was kind of like, all right, the training wheels are fully If it happens we're, again. We're driving off the side of the if road. If it happens again where he's just not learning, do you bench him for, for the rest of that game? Because I was yeah, I mean, a fan of not, but when you watch him do it, he's got to learn. So he, There's got to be consequences. And I don't think throwing yeah. interceptions is enough of a consequence because he's just not learning, like you said. But also, you know, are you really going to put Chris Streveler into the game? For the rest of the game, yeah. I mean, they weren't I mean, winning that game with Zach Wilson at start. Is Flacco so. hurt or is he just so Mike, Mike White is QB2 now. He's jumped Joe Flacco in oh, the quarterback okay. room. Well, I saw they – wasn't Streveler dressed? No, he was called up, but then he was scratched. Oh, okay. So was, I saw Joe Flacco just chilling mm-hmm. with the clipboard, and I was like, well, he's not coming yeah, in. So it was just Zach and Mike White for this game. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, next week's gonna be tough. I mean, the Bills' pass rush has kind of been what's what's helping out their defense so far. And I, I don't know. It's like it's one of those things w- with the <laughs> with the Jets where it's kind of weighing. And and I think at this point, when you look at the AFC, you just kind of want to make the playoff. I feel like 
Jets fans are, are in that mindset now. And I know, you know, it's probably not smart. It's probably smarter to want Zach Wilson to succeed. But if he's not going to succeed and the team is ready, then, I mean, that's kind of when you have to think about, you know, how, how long of a leash does he get? I just, I don't know how you got to be ready to succeed. Like, you've got the team around you. There's no excuses. You don't need to play hero ball. All you need to do is just make the smart play. And if he can't do that now, is he ever going to learn how to make the smart play? Yeah, I don't know. And I think, too, I mean, not having Brees Hall this game, I think, was really tough, too. Like, Carter and Robinson are good backs, but they don't have that. Like, Brees Hall would just, like, randomly break, like, a 70-yard run out of nowhere, like, making making his own plays happen, you know? Carter is a guy that's very in between the tackles. He he makes the right reads, but sometimes if the Jets line isn't great, he's not going to get you more than five yards. And, you know, James Robinson has a little bit of a breakaway back, but obviously he's not fully incorporated in the offense yet. I think this is a game especially where it would have been nice to have Brees Hall because maybe he breaks off one of those runs, you score on a drive that Zach Wilson would have otherwise thrown an interception. So I, I think this is a good example of a game where not having Brees Hall is, it was also tough. When Did you see the quote where Zach Wilson said, basically throwing the ball away is boring, but it wins us games, then I need to do that. No. So he basically said, yeah, like wild, throwing the ball away, it's, it's frustrating, it's, it's boring. That's what I've done the last four weeks to put us in good, a good position for us to win. Like, when he says it's boring, like, even though they're winning those games, do you – I mean, how does that I make hate you to say feel? it. Like, how do you feel about that kind it of quote? Makes, it makes – and I'm not going to, like – make a generalization but it makes me feel like that's a little bit more of a a me than a team kind of quote because he's saying like yeah like when I played it safe you know we were winning games but you know like maybe he's thinking like well people are saying like I'm only throwing for 100 yards and you know Zach Wilson's not helping the team and now it's like well I'm getting bored of that I want to see if I can put up some numbers and, and I can be the reason why we win and I'm not saying he's saying that but when you when you read the quote, it, it kind of feels like it's a little bit of a hey, I'm kind of sick of people making fun of my numbers. Let me go see if I can put some up. And look, if you look at the numbers, he threw for 350 yards, but obviously the three picks are going to overshadow that. Right. And I understand where he's coming from. I think it's it's just weird to say something like that to be like, oh yeah, yeah it's boring. I, like yeah, it's boring, but you're winning games. Just say you have to do it. Don't say it's right. boring to yeah. It's I, not smart. See, I, I say it's negative, but there is some positives coming out of this game. If we really, if you really want to go like Homer Jetsian, like there are some positives. He threw the ball when there was, you know, at times very well. He was able to sling it down the field and move the ball. The question is, Garrett Wilson is back. I think that's huge. Yeah. the The question is, can we? Trust our line more because you also shouldn't be throwing the ball away 15 times a game. Like, why is that happening with the weapons you have? You, I, you got to stay in the pocket more to, to limit that. And when you do have to throw the ball away, get rid of it. If we can l- turn those, those interceptions down and make the smart play, you know, maybe that's an opportunity. You know, maybe, maybe this is a situation, Luke, where Zach Wilson, the first four games of the year, was told, you can't use the stove. It's too dangerous. He's a little kid. He's not able to use the stove. He's got a, you know, mom and dad will cook for you. Brees Hall will feed you. You know, we'll cut up the pieces for you. We'll quarter the grapes for you. And, you know, now that Brees Hall is not here, you've got to make some plays. And the first thing he did when he saw the stove was touch the burner. And he burned his hand three times. So hopefully (laughs) now moving forward – he but you think not if burn you burn your hand once, you'd learn. You'd be like, all right, I'm not going to touch the stove again. I, I, hopefully this is the one time. And, and instead of it's, you know, the three interceptions is three separate times, maybe just this game 
broke his brain and now he can go through a week of film and practice and say, listen, I can't do that anymore. That's the only hope we have as as, as a Jets fan. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get easier. The Bills feels like an all, an all loss already. They're 13-point underdogs. And then you've got the Patriots again after the bye. That's so. a must-win game against the Patriots after the bye. You have to win that game. You are still more talented. You're coming off the bye. And, and you can't. You just can't. Because then at that point, you're going 5-5 five and five when you lose to the Bills and the Patriots again. You're already going to be below 500 in the division, which is very important because the Miami Dolphins are a good team. The Patriots are winning football games. I'm not going to say they're a good team, but they're winning I mean, games. If you're the Jets, right. you, you've got to win that game against New England. You have to split with New England. And and ideally, you're taking the second game from Miami. And then for Buffalo, you're losing both. I don't care what you say. I mean, right now, when you look at the Jets' schedule, I would say they have three, I guess I'll say auto wins, but it's hard to say that. But like they should beat the Bears, the Jags, and the Lions. But outside of that, I mean – They've got Buffalo twice. They've got New England. They've got the Vikings. They've got the Seahawks. And they've got the Dolphins. Like, if they want to be a playoff team, they're going to earn it. It's not going to be the Giants kind of backpedaling into the playoffs or, you know, playing a weak schedule. Like, they've got a really tough schedule coming up. So, if they're able to win 10 games and make the playoffs, Zach Wilson's going to have to play better. Like, there's going to be no – your defense can play as well as you want. The Vikings, the Bills, the Dolphins, even – to some point, maybe Seattle, like they're going to score points and you're going to have to match them at some point. Your defense isn't pitching shutouts against some of the best offenses in the NFL. So if the Jets want to win 10 games and be a potential playoff team, it's going to be earning it. It's not going to be beating up on bad competition. And just to put a bow on it, Luke, my last point for the Jets is you've got to beat Chicago, like you said. You've got to beat Detroit and Jacksonville. And you're probably going to need to beat Seattle too. And that's a that's a good team right now. I wonder how they look at the end of the season. Maybe Geno Smith yeah. takes a step back. You know, it's it's we're halfway through roughly. Maybe he falls off. But to win those four games gets you at, at nine wins, and then you've got to find a way to beat, you know, Miami. New England. I mean, that's the, like you said, yeah. that's a big one. Miami, I think you gotta beat New England, and then maybe can you beat Miami in week eighteen? You know? Well the thing about yeah, that's the thing about Miami though, is you know, what will the AFC landscape look like at that point? Like if they're already out of it, you know, it might not matter if they win it. Right. You know, you might have to win a game earlier to put yourself in a position where it's not like, oh, the Jets have to win, but also these five teams need to lose and the, the Colts need to tie again. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I mean, looking, oh, it's, it's tough. I'm looking at the, the Dolphins' schedule and it might be easier than the Jets. And they're both five and three. Dolphins have an easy schedule. It's yeah. Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. Those are three wins, basically. And then after, or, yeah. You should probably win those three. And then it goes San Fran, L.A., Buffalo, Green Bay, New England Jets. Although that, that's a tough stretch there. At Niners, at Chargers, at Bills. That, that's – they could lose a couple yeah, there. you could lose those, but I think that Green Bay game helps them out. If Green Bay has yeah, – I mean, they, bar- they barely beat the Lions. Let's not – you know, the, the Dolphins are good yeah, but, for sure. But also, were you ever scared? Like when I was looking at that – and I had the Miami, uh, the Dolphins in that game. When they were down 14 nothing, I had no fear. I knew they were going to come back and cover because Detroit stinks defensively. I agree. And also, Tua's been good, man. Like, I, there's a lot of doubt of him coming into the year. He's been really good. I feel like he deserves some credit because I know adding Tyreek Hill is great. And, you know, that that's what you have to do is surround your young quarterback with talent. But, I mean, Tua's been really good. So, I'll give him credit there. And, look, and that, that's what sucks. I didn't think Tua would be very good. Right now. And, and I think you can no. have a – you can find a quarterback that's better than him. I don't think it's that difficult. 
but you got to do it. Like, I, I think the Jets can be better than the Dolphins. Their, their defense is bad now. I know they've got some injuries in the secondary, but that defense is not very good. So it just makes this division more winnable. Or not winnable, but finish and secondable, we'll say. Yeah, I was going to say, the divisional games get a little bit easier for sure. But uh, we'll move on. I think the Jets commanded that kind of time. No, they did. I'll start, I'll start with this with the Giants. You don't want to say you knew they were going to lose, but this felt like a loss. Well, like, then why well, pick the Giants? I, I'm dumb for picking them. I, idiotic. Well, because I'm, I'm reflecting on it. But in the moment, I was an idiot. Because I was like, how many times is Vegas going to get the Giants wrong? Well, they finally got them right. The Seahawks beat them 27-13. to 13. And this is why I say this is a game you lose. Because you, you look at the way this, this Giants schedule has played out, and it's like they had to go to, to London to beat the Packers in a really tough game. Then they, they come back home to play the Ravens, a really good team. Then they go to Jacksonville, and then they have to go all the way out to Seattle, where it's like they keep playing all these close games. They've got the bye week coming up. It really felt like a spot where it's like, all right, they're going to go to a really tough place to play. You know, Not looking ahead to the bye week, but knowing in the back of their minds after they play this game, they get a nice week off. Then they got the Texans and the Lions. It just felt like a spot where it's like, you know, are the Giants going to be a 7-1 team, or are they going to drop one of these games? And, and this just felt like one of those games that, I, I don't know, it, Looking back, I'm an idiot for picking them, but I'm not surprised that they lost. Right, and, and this is one of the few games where you could argue that Pete Carroll, it, you know, Seattle had the upper hand in coaching, so it, it, it sort of does make sense, like you said. And was it coaching? Or was it personnel? I think it's a mix of both. Pete Carroll's a very good head coach, and he also game planned and said, "Listen, we're not letting Saquon Barkley beat us." Right? Saquon ran the ball 20 times, so they tried to get Saquon going, and he had less than 60 yards on the ground. He had 53. Which, by the way. How, why is every team not doing this? I, I, I guess because it's hard. It's hard again. It's hard. Like, like the Texans can say, "Let's stop Derrick Henry." It, it still didn't yeah, work. Yeah, like you can say that, but they they executed it really you well. You know, I think the offensive injury is starting to catch up with the with the Giants. No Bellinger, no Sterling Shepard, obviously, no Galladay. Still, like your leading receiver was Darius Slayton, then Tanner Hudson. Like I don't know who Tanner Hudson is. So yeah, I think it's good. It's, bec- it's becoming apparent that – it's been apparent, but their receiver room is not good enough. And, you know, that, that begs the question with the trade deadline tomorrow, you know, are they going to make a move? You know, you've seen Jerry Judy's name surfacing. I don't think they're going to give up a package for him. But, you know, maybe they can make a smaller move. You know, a guy that's on the last year of his contract that's not going to command a, a lot of gra- draft capital because you kind of want to balance this thing out, right? You want to have picks for next year. That's huge because – Let's be honest, the team's not winning a Super Bowl this year, so you want to have picks to, for next year. But you also look and say, you know, maybe it could be in the Super Bowl just based off the landscape of the NFC right now. So it, they kind of have to balance things out. But it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, Darius Slayton's a nice receiver. He's not a number one. And, you know, you, you're still running out guys like Richie James who fumbles twice on special teams. So it, it's clear the lack of talent, I think, kind of hurt the Giants. And I think, you know, can you use that third and fifth round pick that you got from Kansas City? to go out there and get Jerry Judy, maybe not after Denver wins, but that's a kind of move I look to make. I, I don't know if DJ Moore is the guy, but there, there's got to be a move you have to make. This team, the players, the coaching staff, has earned the right for the Giants to make a move. You see it a lot in, in the NHL, for example. Guys, when you know a team's kind of a, a surprising team, they're, they look like they can make the playoffs, right? Make a big splash. Maybe they're a year ahead of schedule. GM stands pat because they're ahead of schedule and the team's deflated. You know, you don't believe in us that we can win games and make a run in the playoffs. You're not going to add any pieces to our team. Now, all of a sudden, you know, not morale is low because I think the idea of morale playing a part in, in the overall season is kind of 
funky to, to say, but you know, you don't believe in us. So now we're not getting a player that we need to get that oomph to get us over the top. And the Giants can use that spark just given how how much of a trudge this season's kind of felt like, right? It's not been that easy, fun Buffalo Bills domination type season. You're six and two, but it's an ugly six and two. It's a physical six and two. And you kind of need something to to lift this team up a little bit. And I think going out and adding a receiver, especially with the bye week coming up, so you get basically two weeks to prepare this guy, would be so helpful. And I don't want to go week to week on my opinion of Daniel Jones. Because I said last week, you know, can he be a Jimmy G type? Can he just get you there? But it's clear that and it's hard. There's not many quarterbacks in the NFL that can do this, but he's not going to be able to completely lift the talent of the receiving core. Like he's not, he's not a talented enough thrower of the football for that. Like, like I said last week, I, I think he is in the, the almost good category. Like he, he's pretty close to good average, wherever you want to throw him. And he's obviously not elite. He's also not a bottom five quarterback, but I think yesterday kind of proves he's not going to be able to lift an entire receiving core. And that's not where you're going to ask of him, but in a game, game where Saquon's getting bottled up and you have to throw the ball, you know, Daniel Jones didn't look great and that doesn't help. And, and, you know, they were kind of shutting down the the options as well. So I think it's a good learning experience for the giants, just knowing that, you know, you're going to lose some of these games against teams that have talent. I mean, DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett were the difference for the Seahawks. They have two receivers that are, I mean, one's elite in DK Metcalf and then Tyler Lockett's as good as a number two as you can get in the NFL. So, you know, it, it's a good kind of, evaluation for the Giants to see what the Seahawks are doing and say, hey, we could do that too if we're able to, to acquire some of that talent. Maybe it's not this year, but down the road, you know, they've really been missing that number one receiver. And maybe it's to the draft this year, right? You look at their offense. I don't know if you're going after another offensive lineman. You've had some injuries, but you like the two pieces you've had. You're not good enough to go out there. You're not bad enough, rather, to get a quarterback. So I think through the draft, go find a guy, whether it's, you know, two of the receivers from Ohio State that are really good, whether it's another move. I don't want to see them throw another $70 million at a wide receiver in free agency. It it just feels like it's got to be a trade like a Stefan Diggs or an AJ Brown type trade or through the draft. And, you know, Daniel Jones in my eyes is good enough to help carry along a young receiver, right? Like Josh Allen couldn't carry Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins could because he was more established. Stefan Diggs kind of carried or helped carry Josh Allen to that next level. So I think you can kind of find a young receiver that, someone like that Daniel Jones could help bring along. Yeah. And I mean, this is a really good receiving class coming up too. So, and we've seen the impact that these young guys can make. So I'm, I'm certain that it will, it'll, they'll be able to find someone and they've got pick, the picks to do it. Um, but they'll go to a bye week It's going to be weird, Matt Thursday. The only, the, the only teams that are playing are playing each other. So it'll be a full, a full Jets bills bacchanal, if you will. I'm sorry. I'm, I just missed an ex- I didn't pay attention to a word it's you fine. said. I'm sorry. It wasn't important. What'd you say? It wasn't important. I just said the Giants are on by, so all we have to talk about on Thursday is this this Bills Jets game. Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch the Jets get obliterated like twenty five to three. If they're even lucky ah, enough maybe to stop twenty five. Sneaky spot. Everyone's low on the Jets right now. No, the Jets you know, aren't doing they... anything. Come on now. The Jets defense will do something. Okay. I think it'll be the, the best defense the Bills have faced in a little while. It's gonna be like the like week eighteen last year. When the Jets had nothing offensively, but the defense kind of kept them in it. I mean, it helped that yeah. Josh Allen played like a quarter of the game versus the entire game now, but it'll be something like that. And the Bills won 27-17 to 17 last night over the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Um, I mean, looking at the schedule, there's, there's going to be a lot of these Bills conversations. It's like, oh, yeah, the Bills won again. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. But there were, there was some negatives. I mean, Josh Allen had two really bad interceptions. Zach Wilson-esque interceptions, if you will. It was kind of a, a reversion to 
his previous self. Uh, so you don't love that, but defense stepped up when it had to. I, I don't know what the Packers were doing. They're down 17, and they ran the ball for an entire eight-minute drive and didn't score. It's like they just they don't trust themselves to throw the ball, which is crazy. They're such a weird team, but, I mean, kind of an expected double-digit win. You were never really worried about it. So, you know, it's kind of a, a ho-hum onto the next one situation. Didn't cover, though. So you could say the Packers are no, a great team. No, it did team. not cover. That's right. Great teams cover. And like I said, the Bills had every chance to cover. But, you know, Josh Allen, two bad picks. Do those worry you, kind of what, what like, them. looking ahead to the playoffs and, and beyond? Or is that just, like, whatever? No, they don't really worry me. And obviously, if it, if this was a game that they're tied in, that would be a, a problem. But it was – it's like he doesn't do this very often anymore. So it's not overly worrying. I mean, you'd like for him to not throw those types of interceptions but i'm not i'm not overly worried sounds good i just it's a tough break but also you win the game you move on you know there's now it's more mistakes to look at looking ahead to the next week to prepare for yeah i guess the question is like do they ever just get bored on this run but i feel like you can't now because every game is so important with only one bye you know and and only one team gets home field but you know that i mentioned all the time the jacksonville game last year like they were huge favorites and they lose nine to six. Like they, those types of games do happen, and I, that's all. My only worry is like when you just beat up on teams every single week, and, and everyone claims that you're the best team and all that. Like internally, like how do you stay motivated? I, I thought this game would have been that game. I really did. I, I didn't. Yeah, but I feel like the the juice of Sunday night football, and this was the game that Bills fans circled, and it obviously didn't turn into it. But like the crowd was was into the game as if Aaron Rodgers was you know as great as he was the last few years. So I. I feel like this wouldn't. I feel like it's going to be like a one o'clock weird game that that turns into a letdown. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Minnesota's a tough game in a couple weeks after the Jets game. Um, I don't think you're getting Deshaun Watson that Cleveland game. I think you're just missing him. Detroit's offense could be something to worry about. And then it's like Miami the week before Christmas. Yeah, not really much to look at. Yeah, there's not. I'm just saying. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Jets catch him sleeping next week. No, I don't think so. I just don't think the Jets are good enough to do that at this I point. Just want, I want you to buy in. So I have no, I have I just no want you to buy back in this team. Like, they could sneak into the playoffs, I know. sure, but I'm really low on Zach Wilson. It makes me sad. I'm really low on Zach Wilson. It makes Zach me sad. Wilson. How do you think I feel? It makes me sad. How do you think I feel? I had to, I was throwing stuff around my, my room last last night, yesterday during the game. I did like how you we were texting the group chat, and you're like, Zach Wilson stinks, it's over. And then you just texted separately. <laughs> Zach Wilson can low-key sl- sling it. There was a lot of emotions going in through my body. Because uh, I think that was after he they won in like that late yeah, drive. Yeah, the late right? drive kind of brought me back in. Yeah, yeah. But again, like last week, it felt like vibes were high. And I kind of tried to take down the vibes. I can't I believe you said you'd rather see Zach Wilson enjoy. make some mistakes in a game. Like that is the dumbest <laughs> thing you've ever said in your entire <laughs> life on this show. It is, bl- it is blasphemously bad. BB, that's what you were. BB. Yeah. Not Bill Belichick. Not my but blasphemously not, bad. But by the way, I was right about my other take, which was that we chased our tails about when we were like, oh, I'd rather have the, or the pressure is more on Zach Wilson now because he's a good team. It's true. I was 100% right about that. Yeah, but if they dumbed it down for him, they, he wouldn't have the pressure. But if the, and I'm saying if the Jets defense held up 50 points this game and Zach Wilson threw three picks, no one would that's care. Fair. But yeah. it was because the picks cost him the game that we're All talking right. about. But, Anyways, I don't want to chase that tail again. That was that was listening back on it. We were just we were just making no points and just going in a circle. But uh, odd man rush. Yes, a little rapid fire. Uh, Jim Harbaugh expects Michigan State players to be charged after 
quote, roughing up two Michigan players after the game. Uh, four of the players were basically just like assaulting one dude in the in the tunnel. And then another guy, um, Jaden McBurrows of Michigan, tried to help out his teammate uh, Hemin Green, Jemin Green. And then both just got kind of beat up, which was very ugly. Yeah, it was very ugly. It was it was bad to watch. It was ugly to watch. I mean, this is one of those situations where, yeah, like charges should be pressed. You're, I mean, obviously when you're on the field, this isn't acceptable. You know, you see skirmishes, but this was a legitimate just jumping. Like they literally just jumped them. And I, I agree with Harbaugh. And like you had 60 minutes on the football field to, to take out your anger. And instead you got just whooped up and down the field did Michigan state. So it's, it's sad to see really, really, this is a situation. Like I know there's times where it's like, Oh, this is assault and this and that, even the miles Garrett thing, which, you know, that probably could be assault too, but at least it happened within, you know, within the white lines, this was just a a blatant, this was weak. This was a four on one. And it's just very weak to me. And, you know, good on Mel Tucker for suspending the four players. And it just, it's bad. It's a really bad look for this team. This is the second time this year that there's been incidents in the Michigan State or in the Michigan tunnel. Maybe we just it's weird, like the Bills do it too. I don't know why teams come out of the same entrance. Maybe it's just you, you, you that's how you design a stadium where the locker rooms are in the same spots. So they don't have to go across the field, but it just seems like anytime the tunnels are, are coming out of the same area, this this happens. All right, let's take a quick trip around the NFL, Luke. The Falcons magically thwart a Panthers comeback try. They lead the division, the Atlanta Falcons at four and four. But they're 0-2 in their last two games against the spread. And the last two times I picked them. Are you off the Falcons uh, against picks now? No, I can't be. I mean, because that that Niners pick I had with them was so – that was so glorious. That was a beautiful pick. And, look, the Falcons should have covered. P.J. Walker had the the deepest air yard pass in, in like, next-gen stat. You know, history to D.J. Moore. That was insane. If D.J. Moore didn't take his helmet off of the Bozo, Eddie Pinero potentially hits that extra point to win it. Uh, he also missed a 32-yard field goal in that overtime. Like, this was a game that the Falcons should have lost. No, I agree, but they also should have covered. Sure. I mean, they were, they, they were covering, and then P.J. Walker threw that touchdown. Dominant. Uh, the Vikings, they, they cover for you, though. They escape a late surge. The Cardinals forced two three-and-outs in the final four-and-a-half minutes of the game, and both drives end with a turnover and then a turnover on downs with a sack. Yeah, Kyler Murray, man, I – that felt like a premature contract. It felt like a thing where it's like, well, he's got the tools. He's he's he is a good player, I think. But it's just one of those things where it's like he's threatening, and I think they panicked. They're like, okay, we got to pay him. You know, we drafted two quarterbacks back to back in the first round. We have to make sure one of them works out. Let's give Kyler the money. And I, it felt early because I think if they were looking back on it now, it's like, not that they wouldn't extend him, but I mean, the years and the money is just I don't know. He was unimpressed. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins goes 12 receptions, 159 yards, and a touchdown. Arizona falls to three and five. Is it too little, too late for them? They're they're one game back of the final wild card. That's San Francisco, but Arizona's already 0 and 2 in the division compared to San Francisco's 3 and 0. And not to mention, they usually get worse as the year goes on. So I don't really know what that's going to look like this year. But I mean, I feel like in the NFC, everyone's alive. I know they're a game behind San Fran, but I mean. It's it's a real cluster. You got the Niners, the Commanders, both four and four. The Rams are three and four. The Bucks are three and five. The Packers are three and five. But I mean, when I look at those teams and who's going to turn around, even though they've looked terrible, I'd still trust Brady and Rodgers to turn around than I would the, the Cardinals. Uh, final point of the odd man rush, Luke. San Francisco. They've got weapons. 
They handle the Rams 31-14. McCaffrey, just the fourth player since the merger to catch, throw, and rush for a touchdown. First one since LaDainian Tomlinson in 05. I didn't think this move would work out that well for San Francisco. I didn't think it worked out poorly, but like he had almost 200 scrimmage yards on 27 touches. Like that's a special performance from Christian McCaffrey against the Rams. It felt like a real Kyle Shanahan being like, "Hey, McVay, I'm still your I know dad. You wanted this guy, look, and he was no. He's like, look what I can do. Like, look what I can do with him. Don't you wish you had him? Because they were the two teams that were bidding for McCaffrey, and this makes the Niners, I think." so much better because I was very low on the Niners going into the year. I was like, take their win under. I don't trust Lance. Well, you know, Jimmy G comes in. It's like, oh man, they're not winning games. They don't look great. But you add a special player like CMC. I didn't, I didn't factor that into my equation. So if he can stay healthy and we've never really seen him in the playoffs, but I mean, if he, if he can do this, I mean, they were probably a CMC possibly away from going to the Super Bowl last year. So there, there's nothing to say that they can't do it again. Especially in a wide open NFC. If they have, you know, if they get better defensive play, the best quarterback you're going against in the NFC is probably Jalen Hurts, who is not quite Mahomes, Lamar. You know, he's probably like a Lamar Jackson, maybe a step below. So half a step below. So yeah. you have an opportunity to really do something special if you're the Niners, you know, pending the health of your defense, realistically. I'm curious to see how the Eagles do when they get to the playoffs, because I don't they're not going to play anyone all year. And we kind of knew it going in and there's not anything you can do about it. But I mean, I guess they'll, they'll play the Cowboys once with Dak. You know, they beat, they beat Cooper Rush earlier in the year. They got to play the Giants, but you know, what are the Giants two times? So I'm, I'm curious to see the Eagles aren't going to be very battle tested when they get to the And the playoffs. commies twice, the, the four and four commies. Yes. Taylor Heineke season. Yeah, that was a glorious pick. Thank you. Had. I, I tried. Although it almost lost. Five and one. Really almost lost. Five and one. Feels pretty good right now. See, I'm like it, eight games back. Either. It is. Well, it is a victory Monday, and do so. Do ties count as half a point? Y- yes. Okay, so you're seven points behind me. Right I'm now. comfortable with that. I like coming from behind. I mean, that's that's almost. If you can get within six, that's one week. Yeah. You're only one week behind. Now I've got to so. I've got to find a balance between hashtag WWLD. What would Luke do? And making my own picks. Yeah, that's the big question. Are you going to try to figure out what my lock's going to be, or are you just going to have to go on your own this week? We'll see. We'll see how we feel based on the lines. Worked out pretty well for you this Oh, it worked out gloriously, 5-1. and one. Vegas is done. I have a list of no bets now. It's Arizona. It's any oh. Denver Broncos game, and it's the Vegas Raiders. They're all untouchable. Yeah, Vegas is – how do you feel about your, uh, your Derek Carr proclamation? Not great. I thought he had a real shot at, at landing uh, some votes for the MVP. Somehow, Let me ask you this him now. and Devontae Adams have gotten worse since being brought back together. Yeah, Devontae Adams like one carry for negative one yards and no catches in the first Terrible. half. They didn't cross the fifty till like a minute or like three minutes left with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. And I'm going to ask you a question, Matt. Do you know who leads the NFL in passing yards right now? Josh Allen. No, Car- Carson Wentz. No, it Tua. is Thomas Brady. Wow, that's impressive. That's a, that's Brady. a nice little stat you got yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you love to throw out the Wentz numbers. Why are we trashing Brady? He leads the NFL in passing. Yards. I don't think this is a Brady issue for that team. I think it's the players around him. That's I don't know. We got Mike Evans, Fournette, Godwin. Yeah, line kind of stinks. Matt Ryan is also sixth on that list, despite not playing last week. So incredible. Kind of shows you uh, when you're losing games, you got to throw a lot. Incredible. Well, that, that's Odd Man Rush, Luke. I'll throw it back to you. I was going to say, are you going to wrap up Odd Man, or are you just going to I was waiting for keep, you. You uh, asked me a question. Yeah. What do you want me to do? That is just a fun, fun thing. I you an out time, and we're going up against it. 
Oh, my bad. I didn't I even check. Uh, but that'll, that'll, that'll do it for the Wilding and Owen show. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Halloween. Everyone, stay safe out there. Check your candy. There's no you know drugs or needles because that's a thing. That's right. That's right. Razor blades. Bring it to the firefighters. Um, <laughs> bring it through the scanner. But uh, we'll be back here on Thursday to break down the Jets-Bills game. That'll be huge. And also make our picks. We'll see if Matt can keep gaining ground on me. Make sure to follow us on social media, and we'll see you guys on Thursday.